I hear it from a lot of adults, especially adult men. I'm just not good. I just don't do good enough for my wife. She's constantly telling me what to do and how to do it. So I don't feel like I'm enough. When people don't feel like they're enough, yeah, that is their issue. They need to stand up for that. But usually what happens is they get quiet, they stonewall, they withdraw, and they have these underlying resentments that usually come out sideways or in this kind of big blow up. Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prevo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome to this episode on micromanaging in your relationships. And this is going to be a solo cast. It's just me. And remember, when you look at the list of my podcasts, when the word heart share is first in the title, that's a solo cast. That's just me. I'm sharing my heart with you all. And let's see, before I start talking about it, about micromanaging. Yeah, I bet many people can relate to that topic. Many people feel that they're being micromanaged and many people have been told that they're micromanaging. And I wanna talk a little bit about the differences also with the spectrum of micromanaging. Some I think needs a lot of attention and actually is dysfunction in the way of people that are doing it really need to work to shift it, especially if it becomes abusive in the relationship. But there's many smaller aspects of micromanaging that people experience in relationships. So before I do get on to talking about it, I do want to steer people to my website, prepo.com. You can sign up for my newsletters there. And if you're a first time signer, you're gonna get a little gift that you will like. It's not a, it's not a uh, object gift, but it's a gift that you can really use in your life. Hmm. Getting curious about that? Go sign up for the newsletter. You can also learn more about my therapy practice and my coaching practice on my website. If this content and my podcast that you feel that has really benefited you, if you are moved to support the podcast from a financial donation, you can click support the podcast and send a one-time donation or a reoccurring donation. I am greatly appreciative to the people that have done that over the years. It is a great help getting this out to you in a professional manner. And you can follow me on Instagram at prepotoplitsky. And also I've been doing some tweets on Twitter X, whatever they call it now. So here we go. Like a lot of people are familiar with micromanaging, I think also in their workplace. You know, it's almost like when we have, or if you ever experienced or you know people that experienced like a boss that is very, very controlling and that is constantly 
overseeing you or people in details of their work, maybe even feeling the energy of threat. Well, that is a form of control and it manifests in many ways. And one aspect that it can shift, it can shift into your relationship. It's different than a boss, but it feels like a boss. I know at times when my wife has micromanaged me, I feel like, man, I don't have a boss. I don't want a boss. I don't want somebody telling me constantly what I have to do and how I should do it. And if I don't do it, that there might be some consequences. So it's also some of the little things that show up in people's relationship that they feel micromanaged by. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about that too. So it could be even aspects of being micromanaged of what you wear, you know, who you talk to and where they go. When it gets to that level, that's the level I'm talking about that I feel can be abusive. And I'm not gonna be talking about that in detail at all. That when it gets to that point about somebody feeling so suffocated by somebody in the way of dictating again, what they're wearing, who they're talking to, where they go, uh, that's forms of abuse. And that you need some professional help. You really need to understand that dynamic in the relationship to change it because there could be also violence in the relationship when that happens. And hey folks, I'm just noticing I got a squeaky chair and I don't know if my sound editor or magician Matt is gonna be able to get out all those sounds. So, but I'll make sure that I, I get that fixed by next podcast. But um, micromanaging, it often stems from a lack of trust and insecurity. You know, if let's say you're the one that's micromanaging and you find yourself constantly checking up on your partner or needing to know some of the details of the day, it's probably because you're feeling insecure in the relationship. And that can stem from past experiences, like perhaps previous partners that you've had that might've cheated on you and didn't tell the truth, or can simply be a lack of confidence in yourself. It's good to find out what the root is when you feel that you are ultra controlling and you are micromanaging in your relationships. And it's interesting from the person's point of view that are micromanaging in a relationship, the micromanager actually feels satisfaction when they can oversee uh, that things are working out the way that they want. Um, that's the aspect of feeling in control, wanting to be in control. A person may start to micromanage as a form of a coping mechanism to their own standards like OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, as we've heard that terminology, it can stem from that and also anxiety. So people that micromanage, they're not bad people, but this behavior may just become exhausting and unhealthy. And the micromanager, they may feel that their partners couldn't do anything right, you know, that they're always messing up and it makes them frustrated because maybe they're not paying attention 
and they're not able to trust their partner so that they feel that they have to micromanage. But the person who's being micromanaged, they may feel absolutely exhausted and also inadequate when the micromanager comments or gives this unsatisfying look. So being in a relationship should not feel like you're working with a strict and a boss that has these high standards. So some ways to know that you're being micromanaged by your partner is I would say that, uh, you know, marriage should be a place or partnership should be a place that you feel liberated, that you feel freedom. So that's gonna be kind of the gauge. If you don't feel freedom, if you don't feel liberation, then there's an issue in your relationship. Because, uh, you know, we want our home and our relationship to feel the place that we can come and we can be ourselves, that we can relax, that we can trust that when we're around our partner, that they fully see us more. So I think that's an important caveat. So if you feel, let's say you feel that you are tired of your partner that's micromanaging, then you're probably with somebody who has some aspects of control and that needs to be talked about. That's probably another podcast about how to do that, but you really need to bring it up because if you don't, there's gonna be underlying resentment. I know when I'm micromanaged by somebody and I don't speak to it, man, I bury that expression of that feeling and I resent them. I start um, being more distant. I don't talk as much because I figure if I do, I'm gonna get micromanaged, I'm gonna be told uh, or lectured or criticized. So I shut down. I don't wanna do that. I hate when I do that. I wanna be able to speak up and say, hey, I know that you're trying to help right now. I know there's things that you want in your particular way, but I want to be able to have some autonomy and some freedom to do some things my way. You know, it really shows up a lot, I think in couples, of just things around the house. One person has a particular way of doing something, and when the other person, let's say, takes on that chore, then they have a, they're very critical if the person doesn't use the right towel or doesn't clean just as well. And, uh, you know, is very particular, or even, I would say, focusing on when it's gonna get done. Wow, that took you so long. How come it took you two hours to do that thing? So it's interesting to be able to reflect on, sure, people in relationships need to give each other feedback and advice or requests, especially if you have a partner that's really not pulling their weight, let's say, doesn't feel fair. Yes, you do wanna ask and request your partner to do some things. And maybe if they're not doing it fully mindfully with presence, you wanna give them more feedback. The difference to me of doing that and micromanaging is in micromanaging, it's more constant. It's almost daily. And it's done over and over and over again. Like, are you done yet, you know, fixing 
the the bedroom door that squeaked, you know? And how about did you clean the car? And wh when are you gonna clean it? You know, and we need to leave around five o'clock. So the car should be clean probably around three o'clock. Yes, I get that. It's sometimes it's just simple questions or update, but when it is constant, that's when it becomes an issue. And when you're reminded, I know when I'm again reminded daily about what should be done and when I need to do it and how I need to do it, that's when I feel micromanaged. Just imagine it's like maybe having this buzzer or this alarm that's constantly remind you of everything every day from the simplest task of brushing your teeth to the household chores to what you should wear and everything else. Just think if you had that thing eh, 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 going off all the time. That what's micromanaging feels like sometimes. And I tell you, man, I hate to get lectured. You know, one of the most obvious micromanaging traits to watch for is if your partner lectures you like you're an employee. Your partner is your partner. Again, they're not your boss. So if you feel lectured by your partner and that you have to remember all of these tips and pointers and instructions that they're giving you, then that person is micromanaging you. Also, I think when people worry about the details, you know, a person, a spouse that micromanages, they worry about the smallest details. And again, some of those people maybe have some OCD traits. So this may explain why they are overly focused to the smallest details. You know, I had a friend that um, their father needed to have the dinner ready at six o'clock, not 6.01, not 5.59. It needed to be at six o'clock. And if dinner wasn't ready then, then he would throw a little tantrum. There's other issues around that, definitely controlling and abusive issues, but that's a part of his particularness to the detail that created so much tension and anxiety for the whole family. You know, another part is around how well, um, how well the micromanager is a, is a good listener. Because there, there will be times when you want to explain how to do things to your partner. And let's say they seem to agree. But when it comes time that they do it, it's not toward your liking. And your partner will still kind of linger and micromanage you and still point out how you should have done it. You know, that's a really interesting experience is that um, they can't help but focus on how they want it done instead of really trusting and letting go because you can also do it in your own way and your own style. You know, I think that shows up, that showed up for me in the past around cooking. My wife's a great cook. And in the beginning, I needed her direction. I really needed her to manage me well, you know, tell me how to cut things and in what order, 
what I should do next. And then after a while, I kind of like, I got it. You know, I got it. And let me have the freedom to do it my way. So sometimes I know when she's thinking that I should cut it in diagonals instead of like straight lines or she's had to learn to like let go and just let me have the autonomy and do it my way. And if I have told her, this is the way that I would like to do it. This is the way I think is best. That's the part that I was just talking about. Micromanagers have a hard time listening well because they let their idea of what needs to be done in the foreground and they're not really listening to how and what the other person needs, the freedom that they need. Micromanaging also shows up in giving unsolicited advice. People who micromanage their spouses would often give out unsolicited advice. Again, with the cooking, because I think that many people have this experience. For example, if you're cooking and they notice something that they don't agree upon, they'd let you know and give you lectures about it without really checking in. I love when my wife checks in and says, hey, are you up for an opinion? Or I just saw something that I'd like to know if you want my opinion about. Maybe there's a different way that you want to do this. If, if she's soliciting and asking, that's a whole different ballgame instead of unsolicited advice. I have a hard time with unsolicited advice because I think I grew up with a mother that micromanaged um, at times and I got a lot of unsolicited advice growing up until I put up that boundary and I said to her, you know, I, I do not want your unsolicited advice. What's coming to mind for me is when I was, we were homeschooling my son and I was telling her about his schooling, what he was involved in. And she did not agree with us homeschooling him when, when he was young. She thought he should be going to school. And when she would bring that up and bring in her opinion about, you know, he really needs to go to school. He really needs to indoctrinate and indoctrinate. Maybe, I don't know if she said that. That's how I was feeling, that, that he needed to be indoctrinated by her but that he needed to be around more kids and so forth. And I told her, I said, hey, you know what? This is repetitive. You're coming in with unsolicited advice. If I want your opinion or advice, I will ask you for it. But if you keep coming with unsolicited advice, I'm not gonna inform you about his education. That's your choice. So it was a big deal for me to put up that boundary. I'm not gonna inform you about what's going on in his life with his education if you continue to give unsolicited advice. So the person that's micromanaged, I would just put out, you're gonna have to put up your boundaries. And that's not easy, especially with somebody who has a hard time speaking up for their needs, or they tried over and over and they get discouraged. You really have to make room for your, your boundaries and speak up. And try to do it, of course, in a way that brings the person towards you instead of criticizing and pushing them away and constantly getting angry. Because micromanaging could also feel like it becomes a form of nagging, right? And those type of traits may start subtly, like when people first live together, but over time, it becomes constant nagging and checking. 
let's say everything that you do is checked, even the smallest, slightest mistake could cause reminders. Hey, you remember, you know, that the water that's around the, the, the sink, you know, you need to go ahead and put the faucet more in the middle. You know, if that's constantly given as opposed to once in a while, or what I really like is, is giving the advice, maybe not at the time that my action is happening. <laughs> I like if I, if I accidentally or do something that's causing water around the sink or something's not in order, I actually like when my wife brings it up later and says to me, hey, I'm just wondering if you're open for some feedback the way that you just put the dishes away on the counter. I'd be more apt to hear that than right at the moment. Because right at the moment, I feel like she's hovering over me and she's like being my boss to make sure I'm doing my job just right. And I'll tell you where I micromanage in my relationships. And I think it's pretty typical with men. I'll just state that. Man, I micromanage my wife's driving. It's, it even bothers me that I do that. I mean, I don't do that to my friends. I don't do that to other people. But I'm constantly like telling her, you know, she's going too fast. Watch out for this. Do this. My wife is, she's been driving for probably close to 50 years and I'm micromanaging her driving. And just like we've talked about, I think that I get micromanaged in the kitchen a lot. You know, that's her domain. But man, I, I really want to work on that. I'm tired of micromanaging her driving. I hope she's listening to this. She, she'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Another thing that I think um, micromanaging appears is when, when somebody plans everything, right? This person ensures that they handle the tasks because it's the only way they could feel at ease. So they need to make sure um, that it gets done. They can't just delegate or entrust the tasks to their partner because they fear it won't be done right. And most micromanager uh, partners, again, they have this, this obsessive or compulsive behavior. I, I find that that's a common thing in that. So, and I also don't like to be like checked for the outcome of my task. I don't want somebody to say, okay, let's see how you did it. Because usually they don't come up and they tell me how wonderful um, the task that I did that I completed was. Usually they come right out and kind of tell me what I didn't do right or what little thing that I missed. I think it's a great focus to have, especially parents for your kids. When they finish a task, don't point out what they didn't do right. Don't point out what's missing. Tell them what they did right. Tell them what looks good. And then you can bring that up later. Hey, that was really good. You cleaned your room wonderfully. It feels really good walking in here. And I'm just wondering about the shoes that are in the corner. Did you forget to put those in the closet? Maybe it would be better if you put those in the closet. That's a much better way to give feedback after a task has been done. So one thing that I experience in my work about people that experience micromanaging in their relationship again is the 
erosion of trust. And because you're feeling that the other person is controlling and they don't, let's say, trust you to do things your way. And even vice versa, the person who micromanages, they might not trust the other person. They're not getting things done when they say that they're, they're gonna get things done. Do things when they say they're gonna do. Yeah, that's an issue. That's around reliability, right? Reliability is you say what you're gonna, you do what you say you're gonna do. That creates trust. So I think that building trust in a relationship is really, really important. And so if there's micromanaging in your relationship, the person who's micromanaged, you have to be honest and open with your partner because communication is key to building trust. So make sure you are sharing your thoughts and feelings with your partner. Another way to build trust is the other person, the micromanager, respect your partner's boundaries. Everyone has their own limits and it's important to respect them. If your partner doesn't wanna share something with you, don't push them, respect them. When you have that respect that you're not pushing your partner to talk, to tell you things, it's a whole different thing than inviting them to create the trust. Another thing that builds trust is following through on your commitments and promises. If you say you're gonna do something, reliability, make sure you follow through. This shows your partner that you are trustworthy and that you're reliable. Another way that builds trust is give your partner space. You know, it's important to have also time apart in the relationship. This allows both partners to pursue their own interests and hobbies and can actually strengthen the relationship. A lot of people that I experience that micromanage each other, they don't have a lot of outside interests because they're on top of each other all the fucking time. And when you're on top of somebody all the time, you're scrutinizing and looking at them and looking at what you're, they're doing according to your own standards. So when you have more time away, your own interests and your own connections, whether it's your own connections with people or your own connections with a passion, and you're pursuing that, that can really strengthen the relationship. And you know then the person is capable of doing a lot of things on their own. Mm. You know, being consistent, that's a big one too that builds trust over time. Consistency. So make sure that, you know, you are consistently showing up, you know, to your partner and that shows trustworthy and reliability. Yeah, I really want to emphasize that part around individuality. You know, when one partner is constantly micromanaging the other, it can lead to a loss of mm, personal identity and a feeling of being suffocated. By setting and respecting boundaries, each partner can maintain their own interests, their own passions and friendships outside of the relationship, which can ultimately strengthen again the relationship as a whole. Yeah. And I think it's also worth noting that boundaries can, they can change over time and they should be regularly revisited and adjusted as needed. So as 
one individual grows and change, their needs and their preferences may shift. And it's important for both partners to be open to discuss and adjust these boundaries that are put up accordingly. And this can really help prevent resentment and frustration from building up over time. And it will be much more satisfying. Because again, you don't want that fermenting and that building of resentment over time. So I also think that, you know, um, there's negative impacts on the relationship that micromanagement can also have. It has detrimental effects on mental health. <laughs> the constant monitoring and scrutiny, it can lead to increased stress, anxiety, and even depression. And it's, you know, there's a feeling of being constantly judged, which can further exacerbate mental health issues, especially if mental health issues are foundations, the foundations around trauma and um, lack of self-worth and self-love, sense of self. Yeah, it's important for individuals who struggle with micromanagement tendencies to, to also try to seek some understanding and support and help in addressing these behaviors for both of the sake of the relationship and their own well-being. You know, sometimes you might just have to play with some things that the micromanaging partner really focuses on. You might have to play with like, hey, that's not your territory today at all. Like, I'm going to clean the garage and I'm going to do it my way. You don't have any input at all. This is kind of like my territory. I think sometimes that's really good for each person to kind of have their own autonomy in areas of what they do in the relationship. You know, if one of you is going to clean out the car, let them clean out the car the way that they freaking clean a car. That's their job. And if it's not spick and span exactly the way that you want it, that's, that's their territory. They've done it. It builds trust. Let them have their autonomy. And again, I think that this is a really good parenting tip. Let your kids kind of do things and you don't always have to correct them because when we're constantly correcting people, the, the part of micromanaging that I want everybody to be aware of is it can really foster and get into more perfectionism, which is the seeds of shame. I'm not doing it good enough. So if you're constantly micromanaging people, especially your kids, they're gonna have this chip inside of them that they're not good enough. I hear it from a lot of adults, especially adult men. I'm just not, I just don't do good enough for my wife. She's constantly telling me what to do and how to do it. So I don't feel like I'm enough. When people don't feel like they're enough, yeah, that is their issue. They need to stand up for that. But usually what happens is they get quiet, they stonewall, they withdraw, and they have these underlying resentments that usually come out sideways or in this kind of big blow up at times, which we all know how, mm, how detrimental that can be to a relationship because that takes the safety right out when you don't know when the person's gonna blow up. That does not create safety. 
So here's advice for the micromanager. You know, like don't get marred in the details. You know, that's I think a, a helpful strategy is to focus on the bigger picture and maybe the end goal. Don't get bogged down in the details because this can sh help shift your perspective, allow you to see the value in letting go of control. It feels really good at times. I know it's uncomfortable at times to let go of control, but sometimes it's so relieving, right? To not have to focus and feel responsible for something. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a big one that can create some fulfillment in the long run is to, is to just focus on the bigger picture. You know, underlying all of these needs around being micromanaged and the need to micromanage, um, the needs to not be micromanaged, I should say. You know, I think that's really important that we understand that we can build stronger understanding and connections through empathy and understanding, right? You need to have those kind of conversations, not just the surface ones about get out of my grill, <laughs> get out of my shit, I'm tired of you micromanaging me. No, you have to, you can build stronger connections in a relationship which requires empathy and understanding. If each partner recognizes and understands the other's wants and needs, and you're working together to create a more harmonious and healthy balanced dynamic, that's what's so important. When you approach your relationships with an open mind and a willingness to learn, a willingness to grow, yeah, man, that's when we can create deeper levels of connection and intimacy that allows for a much more meaningful and fulfilling partnership. So part of that communication that you have in building stronger connections also involves a willingness to compromise, right? Compromise. My wife and I, we did a podcast on compromise uh, a few months ago. That would be a good one to listen to because no people are exactly alike. And it's important to recognize that there will be times when you and your partner have different opinions or different desires. And being more open to compromise and finding common ground then you can create a much more balanced and harmonious relationship that also allows for mutual, mutual growth and mutual de development in your relationship. And I'm gonna plug one of the most important things that I think can really help combat so many things in your relationship, including when micromanaging is in there, is appreciate each other's efforts, yes appreciate each other's efforts. Because when you're appreciated for more of what you do, then maybe when you are managed, micromanaged a little bit more, you'll be able to let it go. You won't give it as much credence that you won't feel controlled because you know your partner really appreciates your efforts. So appreciate your, even the little efforts that your partner does this way it will make your spouse, your partner feel um, that their input, their ideas are respected and you might be more excited to work together because you feel that appreciation. And yeah, I think that goes just so, so deep 
when you know that you're valued for who you are and you're valued for your opinions. So when my wife values my opinions, uh, values my thought processes, then when I'm giving her maybe a little bit pushback about something that she wants done a certain way, I know that she really values me. And maybe if she can't really hear it, I know that she's kind of triggered. She's got her own stuff in that. It's not that she doesn't value me. She doesn't, she's not just hearing my opinion or request right now, but through appreciations, constant appreciations, I know that she values me. So that's very important. And also I would say, you know, when we do more things on our own, like I said, you know, creating passions outside of the relationship or friendships, you know, that's a way to show our partner that we can do things without supervision. And that's an important experience that people have is to see the other person's, uh, to see the other person's independence and that you can do things on your own. So, yeah, I think that's really good. Hmm, what else do I wanna say about this? This is a juicy topic because again, micromanaging could get into deeper levels of control if people aren't speaking up then they feel again, nagged and then contempt comes in. And when contempt comes in, it's a huge poison in people's relationships. So you really need to address it and try to also, you can address it with, with humor. Make, you know, not sarcastic humor at the other person's expense, but make it humorous, you know, when, when uh, micromanaging happens, you know, instead of like saluting, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, in a way that is contemptuous or has a funky negative energy, you could do it in a playful way. You can do it in a playful way about, yeah, boss, I get it. What else do you need me to do? Mm -hmm. I'll do anything because I love you. I love doing things for you. Just tell me what you want to do. You can play with it also because when you're using light humor, it takes off the anxiety and stress and sometimes you're able to see the bigger picture. Yeah, when you're using more lightness, it also gets away the feeling of, you know, micromanaging can be a form of manipulation in some way. So as it involves exerting control over another person's actions, over their decisions, it can be used as a way to undermine the other person's confidence and independence, and also to maintain power or dominance in the relationship. So if there's kind of like humor in the way that the person that maybe is exerting, let's say some of that energy of manipulation, you're kind of showing them that you see through it. And instead of directing a criticism to them about it, you're able to maybe lift off in a more light and harmonious way. And your boundary might be that if you really do feel that it's manipulative, then you directly talk uh, with clarity about that to your partner. So communication is key around that. Well, that's all I got for you today. I hope it just kind of spurred some thoughts, some feelings around it, maybe to address it more with people in your life and your partner, maybe being aware if you're the micromanager, 
to really look at it a little deeper. If you're on the receiving end of it, how to really speak up, not hold on to it, not feel this power differentiation and feel inferior. So, yeah. And you know, before I leave, I want to tell you, I am recording this on Sunday, September 24th. And I just realized, I believe it's today that I started my podcast launched five years ago today. Ooh, yeah, five years. I started doing it off weekly, started my podcast in a weekly uh, loading, maybe for the first two years, two and a half years. And then I needed my, my life back a little bit and I started doing it two times a month, every other week, which I'm doing now. So I, I just really, it feels really great to be able to do something that's fun for me, that's learning for me, creates connections with the people that I do it. And also to have listeners that really appreciate. I so love when I do get feedback from people to know how it lands. Cause hey, I put this out in, in the ethers and I don't know how it lands for people around the world. And I do welcome if you do want to tell me some ways that it's helped in your life. And um, I guess, yeah, I don't know if I'm up for a lot of criticism <laughs> about it. If you, crit- if, you, if you don't like my podcast, you could ter- turn me off. Yeah, that's cool. Just turn me off. But if it has brought some positive aspects to your life, yeah. And when I hear about it from people and people drop me a line about it, it really does warm my heart. So, and I've been singing this song throughout the day. It's been in my mind. I think it pertains a little bit to um, how I feel with, uh, with having you, my listeners, in my life. Yeah. Thanks for the joy that you're giving me. I want you to know I believe in your song and rhythm and rhyme and harmony. You've helped me along, making me strong. Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Come on, everybody. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody. Make yourselves a beautiful, beautiful day. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Relationships, Let's Talk About It, is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. 